Hello, this is Ryan with All Thread Inc. Um, so this is our new, I guess, podcast recording. Um, I just want to start out kind of like why we're doing this. Um, so the first thing is I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've always wanted to record something. And I've just never had had the opportunity to do it. Um, so the people like that I think are kind of an inspiration are like Paul Harvey, Ira Glass, and, and people like that. And just like hearing them have always influenced me in what I've done been doing um and so i kind of like i don't know, I've always listen to podcasts i always want to do podcasts and so it's kind of an opportunity with the coronavirus you know you get that time to basically you get, we're getting that time to ex- explore that you know we're not not as busy as we are before um and the second thing is just i've always wanted to record have a recording of things to do like when we haven't had the time, like when people like pass or, you know, you see things that go on, it's like, you're like, oh, I wish I had a document of that. And then I think what the podcast is going to be is going to be a document of, you know, what's going on in the business and kind of the conversations we have. I think, you know, a lot of people have good conversations um, and, you know, thousands of people you know around the world have good conversations and now everyone has general podcasts. Um, about these good conversations, um, but it leads me to like the point three um, is that also I think what we I found out too is that we have a really good community. Community like we sent out an email about the coronavirus uh, update, and then also we get a bunch of emails back um, with support and thanks. Uh, I think you know we do a good job in communicating with our customers one-on-one through email, but like having a corporate like communication platform, um, either with blogs or regular emails, I don't think we always do a good job of that. So, you know, I think it's a combination of three things. First thing that I really love, love podcasts. I've been inspired by podcasts. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and the second, it's kind of a documentary part. And then the third is just a way to communicate with the customers and put it all three together. So at the end of the day, if like nobody listens to this and we just have a document like maybe 20 years ago, 20 years from now, we can say, oh, yeah, I remember when this thing happened. You know, we can always listen back to the audio and just have that memory. Um, and if customers do find this available, way of communicating with them. Um, that's also great too. Um, so then also it's not just me, but also we have Ted too. Ted's the owner and founder of AllThread. I keep on saying AllThread, but we are also ACS Homework. Um, I'll put the links in the description, but you know we're going through the, tra- the transition from, all th- from ACS Homework to AllThread. Um, we haven't been able to do it because obviously people have been pre- more preoccupied with things in their life than um, listen to our updates. Um, so I just kind of want to start opening it with what you thought, like your your reactions of to the coronavirus, like what's kind of gone on in the business so far. Yeah, um, I have a few thoughts. One, you're talking like Paul Harvey and some of the pioneers in audio and and collecting opinions and sharing, you know, ideas. Also, there's Bruce Williams in there. Um, you know, he, he did a, a talk show. A lot of people said it was on finance, kind of like Dave Ramsey. But it was also questions like you'd ask your dad or your uncle, um, 
lot of times people don't have a dad or an uncle or, I don't know, they're in different positions. So it's nice to hear that opinion. Um, or even if you do have a dad or an uncle, you, you get their opinion. That way you get another opinion. Um, I think podcasts kind of carry that on. Um, one thing is, you know, with like AM radio, you're limited on how you can carry it around, how portable it is. Podcasts you can use in your car, your kitchen, your office, or anywhere, any place you're at. But um, having said that, I do agree that if nobody listens to this, and and basically it does give us a chance to record this time. Um, it, it's like the world's on a huge um, pause, and so it gives us a chance to reflect on you know, where we've been, where we want to go, what's going on now. Um, you know, like you said, in 20 years, we can look back and we can, you know, hear ideas and thoughts about coronavirus, but also gives us a chance to explain why we're moving from ACS home and work, how we got to be ACS home and work, and where our vision is with Authred. Um, that Doing that might give us a chance to where when we do change over and rebrand, maybe more people understand and go, okay, I understand what you're doing. Because um, I think that can be kind of tricky is, okay, this is what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And you asked earlier today when we were talking about moving something or changing something, always asking the why. And I think this will give us that chance to ask the why. So... I don't know if that answers your questions on with coronavirus, just what you were saying. I was lumping in a lot of different things off of, you know, how you started out. I, I can go just into all thread or I can just go into coronavirus. Um, my biggest thing about the coronavirus is, you know, obviously for the safety, you don't want anybody to die or get hurt. Ultimately, that's the biggest thing. And then second, it just seems like, the world's been put on pause, you know, it's like God, you know, just told everybody to stop and take a breath a minute. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, just go back to what you kind of you said before uh, is like, I think like at the beginning is like, yeah, I think both like the spoken word speaks both both to us, um, whether it's like spoken comedy or like, you know, comedy, well, obviously comedy is mostly spoken, but, you know, whether it's comedy that you listen to on the radio or any type of, I think that's been a medium that I think speaks both to us and we both share equally well is, um, is through AM radio, talk shows or comedy, I think spoke, spoken words speak to it. And then I think the next part of it is like, you know, we can talk more about like Toyota, Toyota manufacturing and um, lean, but also like one of the things from the Toyota field guide book, um, what we've been learning, at least what I read last night was the idea of Hansai. I think that's the Japanese term, Hansai. Um, and it's giving that time for reflecting. So, you know, yeah, I think we're both on the same page. Like if nobody hears this, at least hopefully this conversation between us is that time of like Hansai and reflecting and we're re recording, recording that. And like I said, I think it could, there could still be value if there's nobody listening, but hopefully pe more people listen. Um, but I guess 
you know, how when when, when did we first like I guess start seeing the facts? So it almost been like three or four weeks. Was it March twenty fourth of the coronavirus, or when we start feeling here in the shop? Right, the second week of March. We were probably we were. I would say easily two weeks before the national media really um, got into this full swing. The national media got into this full swing um, about mid-March, uh, 17, 18, 19. Because remember, Mary de Blasio said on the 14th, I believe, 15th, that you can still go out to restaurants and be careful. And we were feeling the effects a good week, week and a half before that, when uh state of Washington um, started having issues. So we've been in this for a while now. What, like, I guess, what was your first feeling, like, when you started seeing, like, because I think, think we had one client cancel us. What was, I guess, what was your home? What, you know, what, I guess, what was your first reaction to that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't really sure, you know, is, is this going to be national? Um, I, my, I guess my first thought, <coughs> excuse me, was originally I thought the big accounts might put their orders on hold like they did. And I thought the smaller accounts would still be ordering and we'd still have that business. And which we did until like that, you know, they started doing the state shutdowns when Ohio shut down and then Michigan and then that kind of put the small people. Um, so initially I thought it was just the big guys that were gonna be on hold and then the smaller ones would still be moving along. Yeah. And then when did we like you know when when was the date that we officially kind of had to put everybody on temporary leave? Uh, that would be the week of the seventeenth, so that would have been the twentieth, possibly that Friday. Um, well, actually, that Thursday we told everybody, and then we let them work the following week. So um, that we told them on Thursday. We, and then the following week, we had everybody just work to the Thursday. So what were your thoughts when you had to make that announcement going in to tell everybody that, you know, everyone's basically on temporary leave, you know, till who knows when? That was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I, I still kind of have a hard time talking about that. Um, yeah, it's, that's a hard one to talk about. That's... That's something I never want to do again. I even just now talk about, I don't know if I can finish my sentences. Yeah, because I, I know, like, for me, it was just, you know, I think every print job we have and what we, that we do is kind of like, I don't know, like, there's something special, even though on the routine print job, this is like, you know, and when we started having to pull the screens for each job and just putting them back on the racks, I know that was kind of like, you know, that was kind of difficult because there's, you know, there's, you know, the time of, you know, making, you know, coating the screen, burning the image in the screen and washing it out and getting it, um, getting it prepared to print, you know, and that's that pre-press time is like, you know, there's, there's a lot of time that goes into it just before it even hits, you know, the printers and we actually put ink to textile, you know, so, you know, just watching that, 
those screens was having to go back on the rack and not being used and been sitting there for you know almost a month now so you know yeah I, I was I you know I felt that that too is like you know it's just like it's kind of like a you know watching some of your hard work you know go down down the drain a little bit so um you know transitioning to that like so I guess this the business has kind of started you know, I started out, you know, we're in the middle of one disaster, but we started out in conf, like, in another disaster. Yeah, we started, yeah. You know, we started in, you know, September, you know, 9-11, we started in that, that, I mean, so what are your thoughts of, like, comparing 9-11 to what we're experiencing now with, with coronavirus? Yeah, that's a great question, because after I started noticing okay, state shut down, the small customers aren't going to, they can't order. At first, I thought, okay, I can do this. I'll just go back to what we did on 9-11, and I'll just use all the things I learned from them. And this is different. Um, Everything that I used on 9-11 to get through the business, all the different ideas and stuff, they don't work now, so... Um, this is, I don't know if it's the right term, way bigger. I, I mean, obviously, it's a world event, but um, yeah, it's, it's, this, is, this is way tougher, um, both as a business and, you know, loss of life. You see the numbers, you see how many people died over it. Um, yeah, this would be more akin to like a world war or something like that. This is. So at first, you know, I, I thought I could reflect and use the tools because back in 9-11, everything came to a stop. I mean, you'd walk outside and there's no cars, no airplanes, no nothing. It, it was quiet, much like now. Um, but what we did back then is um, we found ways to, you know, kind of bring in business. We just were resourceful. And now there is there's nobody to contact there's really no work at all so um this is longer and it's it's, it's different in a lot of ways so what you know i guess you know you know i, I i'm trying to figure out what the what the plan moving forward is i guess you know after like 9-11 everything came through you know after 9-11 we just kind of like came out of it on the other side, but you know, what is it going to, you know, what do you think is going to be look like coming on the, out on the other side of this? Yeah. Well, 9-11, that's where maybe we will have similarities. 9-11 took six months to a year, maybe two years. It was like a slow climb out. And that's probably what this will do. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but that's what I anticipate. I, 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 I expect a gradual climb out. Um, it, that's what I'm thinking. But it's it's really hard to say how this is going to come out. Then you know, not only did we have 9/11, but then also you know, you had, seven years later, you have you know the Great Recession of 2008. You know, you know, was there, did we see any impact of like the Great Recession of 2008? You know, for for us as a business or well, yeah, and that's the thing that I've noticed doing this almost 20 years is 
I think oops, when we started this and 9-11, we were a much different company. We were more of a supplier company. We sold furniture plus the towels. Um, we were more of a big ticket item where now we're, you know, our items that they retail, um, you know, from $10, $20, $30, depending if it's an apron or a tote bag or what it is, you know, it's not like a $200 chair. So I think when times get hard, maybe that's the advantage of the business we're in coming out of this is people might not have the money for a big screen TV or a new sofa, but they do have money to buy, you know, their mother or grandmother or wife a nice towel or something um, as a gift. And and that's the market we're in. So um, as far as like recession and, and ups and downs with the economy, our market does really well. Um, because people, you know, if you're going to give your someone a gift, you know, you might not have the hundred dollars or 50 bucks, but you do have the 20, $30 and the clients we work with, they design nice stuff and either they want to give it to somebody or they want it for themselves. And it's not a huge expense. So I think our type of industry is better positioned for the ups and downs. And so just, you know, you said chair and people might not know us as the chair company anymore. So ACS is the American chair store. And so we started off with the chairs and the furniture before we got into the towels. But I think that could be another discussion of how does a chair store become a towel store? Um, so between, you know, 2001, 2008 and now 2020, I, you know, I think you, we could be safe to say that you're a veteran of, I guess, disaster. I, I, we don't want to laugh about that, but, you know, it's, it's how you cut your teeth. You know, what would you, I guess, recommend to somebody else that is either just starting out or might be wanting to start out and they're now launching an idea into this climate? What? Because you launched your, your idea in, you know, 2001, which, you know, now there's a lot more tools like internet, texting, you know, now we're doing podcasts and there's more media available, but I think the general, you know, business principles still apply, whether you're 2001 or 2020 or, you know, 81 or any of these, because, you know, even in the eighties, we had a recession as well. So, um, you know, I think the tools apply no matter what the situation. So I guess, what would be your recommendation if you were saying someone would call you up and say, hey, I want to add this idea. I want to get started. I know that this is not probably the best time, but what advice would you give today somebody that's just starting out? Yeah, and and, and also 20-some years in business, you know, we also went through a flood. Um, we had a sprinkler break in a building we were in that completely wiped us out. I mean... I don't think we had anything left. You were there then. We, we had a little bit left, but not much. Yeah, I think uh, I think all our stock when that flood was was um, what happened. I think was just gone. Yeah, it was yeah everything because even the little bit that was savable, a moving company came in and put that back into the warehouse. So yeah, we were completely there was nothing left after that. So we went through that. That was a disaster that we had to climb out of. And then also we had the world cotton shortage. 
and we had to ride that out. And we had um, two, three months where we just not receiving any raw goods. And we were more dependent on the raw goods than we are now. Now we have services like printing, folding, packaging. You know, we do other things. Back then, it was basically supply only. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as far as your question, you know, somebody's starting out, um, it is a good time to start out right now, even though, um, you know, trying to knock on doors and find new business is going to be tough. But if you have a way to sustain the business with another income or some way the spouse or somebody can help you along, it's a great time to make your plans, you know, like to set up your accounting, what type of accounting you want to do, set up your chart of accounts, how you want to do your chart of accounts, um, start making a business plan. Um, you don't necessarily have to go through with one of the um, uh, like business plan apps. It's not a bad idea. It can give you a pretty good framework, but also you can do um a um like a flow map too and and figure out your business plan so i would say in these hard times you know starting out between now and next spring i would try to seek accounts and and build your business and get your name out there but that won't be my primary mission that you, you got to do that because you got to move the business forward. But my primary mission, if I was small, staring out my kitchen, would be to build the business. You know, get your get your accounting set up. Maybe meet with your local SBDIC service or SCORE person. Um, do some of the things that down the road is going to be hard to do. And that's, that's what I would do in the beginning. But this is the time for ideas and planning. Yeah, because I think, you know, I personally feel like people are just running for the easiest thing. They're putting out like coronavirus t-shirts or coronavirus mask. Um, while there's, um, while that's all good, I think, you know, it's good for people to, to put masks out because obviously there's a need for them, people to, to wear them and be safe. But also it's, I think if you build your business around just the mask production, it's a very short term, short, you know, sort of thing. Cause I think you see people trying to either purchase sewing machines or turn the sewing machines into a business, but then it's like, okay, well then, then what's the next thing after you address the immediate need? Like, I, I think it's great to help people out where you can with the tools you have, but if you're trying to, I guess, make profit off this, or you're trying to build your business off this, um, I can understand people trying to carry their business through this with the mask, but, you know, you have to understand what the long, long-term vision is. You know, it's like, okay, well, after this, this, then what do we do? And then especially if you, you know, incur anything like overhead or anything like that, it's like, okay, well, I made an investment in a piece of equipment. You might not totally get that. You might not actualize that ROI in that amount of time because we really don't know when this is going to end. And I think that's kind of on, on our end is we see our partners, our print partners, they're pushing out, you know, messages on mass production and mass customization. But the thing is, is, you need to sustain your business, but you don't want to be a profiteer on calamity. You know, you want to find where your voice is and where you're going to be able to help people, 
but without, you know, I guess using the old term carpet bagging, you don't want to carpet bag anybody, especially in a disaster. Um, and I think for us, we haven't really found that balance and that and basically being able to contribute in a meaningful way without, you know, coming off as profiteering, basically. Um, so I think that I think that's trying to find that balance is is definitely difficult and it's going to be new. Um but I think there's other, you know, potential for things to happen, like, you know, past this continuing on. Because I think you can, like you said, you can set the the framework, you know, you can set that framework now and then start to develop it later. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I, I guess, first of all, you know, if you're talking about being an entrepreneur, you got to decide if that's really who you are and what you want to do. You were talking about that earlier today with the um, Toyota handbook, and they said right in the beginning, you know, you have to understand who you are and what you want to do, you know, when it comes to profit. And even before that, you have to understand, you know, if being an entrepreneur is for you. Um, you know, like I heard on one podcast I used to like to listen to, this guy said, well, if you see a, a truck on the side of the road and you think that, oh, I'll buy the truck and go into the delivery business, that's not a reason to go into the delivery business. The reason to go into the delivery business is because you got a passion for it, you have an idea for it, you think there's a need, you're ready to go for the long haul. And, and that's the value of going into business. And you, you don't have to go into a business like if you're starting out and you're a young designer and, and you want to create some towels and you got some art, you know, you don't have to have the vision starting out that, you know, you want to be the largest, biggest next product going into Target or Macy's. You know, you can be you starting off in your kitchen, starting off small setting up your your quickbooks setting up your different things you want to do and start working at flea markets and an online store and things like that you know appreciate the beginning and be you but before all that you know a healthy um soul searching if this is really who you are and what you want to do it i think is is the beginning yeah, and I think it's and it's a perfect time, you know, right? Yeah. You know, because because right now, as you you know, if you're if you're at you know if you're work, you know, hopefully everyone's employed, um, and they're working from home, and you don't have they don't have to worry about income, and so I think it's you know it's a great time for that. If you are working at home, you do have that extra time, and also the other thing is your friends and families are also at home too. You know, you can send out a survey, ask them, email them, say, hey, I want to do this. What do you think about that? You know, and especially. You know, and I think that's the thing we I find too is, you know, there's people that are experts at things, and either their businesses are idling or they're slow or they're working home or they're doing minimum basic stuff, you know. So now they have the, almost all this more bandwidth available, and so you can ask those experts those those informations. Like you can ask for us, you know, I can start. I've been asking color experts about ink mixing and ink formulations and. Now all of a sudden that now that there's a lot of time open on their calendars because people aren't doing trade shows and events and meetings and clients, now you can now you get access to them via like web or email or whatever voice call. So now those experts are available to start building that building your knowledge or getting feedback on your business idea because now people are 
our home. Um, so I guess um, on that, you know, we're, we're almost like 20 minutes into this, 30 minutes into this. Um, what do you would say that we're doing right now in our business um, in, the, in the meantime while we're trying to kind of get through this and stay home and do all the stuff that we're being told to do? Like, well, one thing is we want to be available. Like you said, we're, we're no way do we want to profit on this or any other. But being in the textile business, we want to be available if needed. Um, we have, like you said, sent out some product for masks. Um, we've sold some equipment that we believe that has helped out with um, making masks possibly or maybe starting a new business. Um, so some of our resources, that's what we're doing and want to be available. Um, that's part of the reason I think we're operating at a minimum basic is so that way, um, you know, if, if somebody needs um, our towels, we're ready to go and we can ship um, because obviously it's material 100% cotton that can be used, you know, for that type of stuff if need be. Um, that's one of the things we're doing. Plus just, like you said, reflecting and working on our business, um, doing some things that you normally couldn't do. Yeah, and I, and I think and I think that's the big thing is just trying to work on that framework and, and build into the business and taking that time to. So if you are, you know, if you don't have a business already, you set time that, you know, we, you know I think Printile is a really good resource and they've been putting out, you know, time to maintain equipment. Um, that's what we're doing, building out those standard operating procedures and then working on developing that business for when we do turn the lights back on. Um so, you know, another thing, too, I want to add to, I kind of like lost my place a little bit, is that, you know, I think what we also find out is that we work with a lot of crafters as well, people that are either embroidering, sewing, um, painting on towels. And, you know, yeah, we're not essential services, but, you know, we want to make sure that we're following all the guidelines, keeping everybody safe, but also being able to get those products still in the mail, whether it's a flower sack towel or one of our other products is, you know, that's... You know, crafting and basically being able to be busy with your hands is important. Yeah, yeah. You know, because especially if, you know, if you're at home and you don't have anything to do and embroidering or crafting is your thing to in your in normal times to get that release and you can't get the supplies. So I'm not going to say that I'm trying to say that we're essential and we're important. No, right. But, you know, if we can supply people with product that can help them, you know, de-stress and get through this, I think that's kind of our vision is that trying to help those people and supply them with what we need in our best of our abilities. Um, so I think I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I don't, I don't think we need to go much longer than this. Do you have any other thoughts on this? Well, just real quick, like you're saying, it's important for people to have that artistic way of, um, you know, releasing some of the energy and just kind of coping with us. You know, a lot of people use their art and their hands, you know, to de-stress and just, I don't know, create some normalcy. And I had a lady that was a postal worker in California and she said she's working a lot and one of the things she likes to do is hand embroidery and she was grateful that we were able to ship her some towels because that's what she does for her online time and it meant a lot to her and so being able to do things like that um, where we can help out that's that's great and you know 
helping each other out, you know, if whether you're making masks or you just want towels that, you know, you might sell this summer or, or however it goes. Um, like you said, following the guidelines, doing what we're supposed to, um, and then still helping where we can. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just it's making sure that you have like the right tone of voice. So, like, you need the conversation is the right amount. It's like, where do you add yourself to the conversation? Because you don't want to be like that. It's like, you know, I feel like, especially in business, it's like a party and you don't want to be that guy that's like the sloppy drunk or the super awkward person. And it's like, okay, how do you? how do you go to the party and then mingle with everybody and still make the, you know, manage norms, especially now, you know, like all the norms of, of what people expect are, are different. It's like, okay, well, how do we make sure that we're still, you know, following society's norm, keeping people, people safe and, you know, doing the, doing the right thing without being the bad guy. And it's still basically keeping the business afloat during this, you know, because, Unfortunately, we just we don't have a supply of free money. So um, anyway, I think we're getting to a good place to start stopping. Do you have any other final thoughts? I, you know, I think, you know, what we try to do is record every Friday. Maybe in the meantime, while we're slower, we, we can do it weekly and maybe more sporadically. Um, I don't know any thoughts about the format. Yeah, I think weekly on Friday would be a good idea. And then maybe next week, you know, maybe we can... Um, start out with the beginning and kind of explain, you know, how we got where we're at and, and eventually work on, you know, where, where we're at, what we're doing now. Um, and hopefully this adds, you know, value to people because our business is B2B primarily. We have some B2C, but it's primarily, you know, B2B. So we're working with a lot of small businesses all over the country and um you know they might just do a few craft shows or um you know maybe they're on a little larger scale and so um if what we've done in almost 20 years can help other people out um give them a different angle to look at things um to me that's a good thing yeah you know exactly i think you know so, you know, we are in our conclusion, but, um, you know, that's the thing is you use you, some of the stuff that you see out there on um, in like business advice. It's very tech centric. Um, it's, you know, you see a lot of tech centric startups um, or people that are, you know, funded with, you know, venture capital or series A or series B type of investing with, you know, they're either getting large scale angel investors or big banks, or, you know, they're getting a large amount of money thrown at them. And that's usually the stories that the podcasts are made of the, the, the news articles are written around, you know, these big, huge companies or, well, maybe they're small companies with a big amount of money, but nobody really talks about the person that's like, bootstrapping it, you know, it is basically supplying, basically the, the startup capital comes from selling the product and every day you make a sale, that's where your investment capital is coming from is by you making that sale every day and knocking on the door and basically it's that long, hard hustle or grind to get that business started instead of that, okay, boom, you're Google, you have a great idea, here's a million dollars, here's $20 million, whatever it is for that great idea. So I don't think people really cover that as much. I think that's, I think that's, I, I, that's a voice I don't think is gets put out there that, that often is that person that's, 
doing it every single day, trying to get it out, trying to manufacture a product because, you know, especially with a manufacturing product, there's there's a whole people component to it, an equipment component, component to it, an environmental component to it, you know, getting the product from A to B and how to get this to there. You know, it's, I think there's much more than just like, hey, I got a great idea. I'm going to code an app. I'm going to go into my, my bedroom. I'm going to sit in front of a computer and code all day. And then I'm going to turn this $20 million into this big, huge, elegant code. While there's a lot of logistics and framework that go around it, but I think it's a little different logistics and framework than say like, manufacturing a product right exactly somebody that you know has some designs and they want to print their designs on a towel or supply their ideas um to retail and yeah that's something we can lend a voice and we have some experience that and um i think this is an opportunity too the other thing too with it being slow um and we know what the economy's like a lot of people have jobs they're going to be looking for ideas like this to start their own business and um you know they they have the skills and you know i think we can share what we've done and some thoughts and you know kind of put it in the blender as people think of you know where they want to go next yeah there's you know there's that like college knowledge or reading a book knowledge and there's the actual doing knowledge right yeah so well, hopefully next time we have a better mic um right now we're recording off my laptop hopefully it sounds good i have no clue how to use adobe edition um so hopefully it, it, the audio sounds good it looks like it's recording um hopefully the mic comes in from fedex um you know, obviously, you know, I hate to hear unprecedented times. Hopefully that makes the band word of 2020 unprecedented times. We are in unprecedented times. So, you know, hopefully we get the mic, maybe start learning more about recording and make the sound better. So hopefully everyone has a great week and we'll hopefully see everybody Friday.